Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I'm here today with Joyce Gutierrez. Joyce is an ex-nine-to-fiver turned calligrapher, online educator, and business coach. After discovering a deep love for all things lettering, she decided to turn her hobby into a business. An Etsy shop, wedding calligraphy jobs, and logo design led her to teaching workshops, launching creative online courses, and coaching other creatives in starting their own businesses. I'm so excited to chat with Joyce today all about how to make more time for your creative business, so let's just dive right in. Hey Joyce, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here and I cannot wait to chat all about how to make more time for your creative business with you. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. Well, thank you for having me, Jenny. Oh man, I feel like everyone's like, where do I start, right? But I actually started my creative business out of desperation for a creative outlet. So um, a couple years ago, I was in the tech and advertising space for for about nine years. It was like the job right out of college, stayed in that industry, but I was really, it was really focused on clients and kind of sales. And it's just, it wasn't really good for my soul. It didn't feel good to sell people, you know, things about T-Mobile and like Justin Bieber, like it's just not. And I always mention that story because that was one of like the last advertising campaigns I worked on. But anyway, um, it wasn't good for my soul. I needed a creative outlet and I ended up, you know, starting a blog with my dog that didn't work out well. (laughs) Then I found calligraphy. My dog was probably really happy that I found calligraphy. And then I started a side business. So for a few years it was Etsy and it was custom orders. And then I really found my niche in education and course creation. And then I was able to quit my job. So I kind of took all the experience I had from being really organized and working with clients for years and years and blended that with my new love of calligraphy at the time and was able to pivot from side hustle to full-time creative business owner. I love that. Um, did you do calligraphy before or did you? Oh my gosh. No. Okay. So it started with a lot of things like you look on Instagram and then you watch the videos and then you're like, Oh, I can do that. (laughs) And then you try, you're like, Oh my gosh, it's really hard. It actually has nothing to do with handwriting. It's more like drawing. And so, but it, even though it was super difficult and I love looking at like my old calligraphy stuff, um, it, it just sparked something, you know, it was like the outlet that I, I did need. And again, thank goodness, because my dog was probably really happy. I was no longer crafting with him. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that though. I think it's, I think it's cool that you kind of assumed a new skill and then made it into a business. Cause a lot of people are like, all right, I have this corporate job. I do marketing or whatever I do. And then I'm going to take it and offer that, but by myself, like instead of at a company. So I love how you were able to kind of translate into something completely different than what you were doing in your day job and you know, make that into an actual business. So it's really amazing. Thank you. It feels, it felt good. It feels good for the soul now. I'm no longer like a stupid thing, stupid advertising campaign. (laughs) Now I'm just like, yay, every day, most days, let's be real. Most days I'm like, yay. So for a while you said you were making like 
stuff for people and then you ended up like now you're teaching people how to be calligraphers or how yeah so i you know i feel like a lot of people who start creative businesses do start the etsy route start the product uh route and at the beginning i was trying all of the things i wanted to see if i liked weddings and events I did not. <laughs> I, I enjoyed having the physical products. Um, but then when I found online courses mm-hmm. and I actually created my first online course, that's actually the confidence and to be transparent revenue boost that I needed to realize I could actually earn a living as a creative when we're told so often that that's not possible. Like society, our parents, like school, like you can't make money as a creative. And I think that's complete BS. Um, So, but that was the first thing, like my first course and teaching others in my live workshops um, was really like the push that I needed. And then I went on to make um, a watercolor course and then a brush calligraphy course. And then um, just what happened naturally was that I pivoted to business coaching creatives. The people that would take my courses and people that would join me in my live workshops in the San Francisco area, they started getting job inquiries of their own and started asking me, oh, Joyce, like someone wants me to paint their, you know, do an illustration of their house and paint it. Or someone wants me to do their wedding. What do I charge? How do I do this? What contract do I need? And it just kind of happened naturally, which I'm really really, really happy about. And it's kind of like it found me. And in the last year or so, I've been focused just on coaching creatives and starting, helping them start their businesses. I love that. That's really cool. And I think that's kind of a fun path. Um, Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people start with like services, you know, like coaching and things like that. Yeah. And they move to courses versus kind of the path that you went. You're like, of course, you were like, you know, doing stuff for people. And then you're like, all right, let's do courses. And then you kind of went into more services again. Yeah. So that's cool. I like that. Um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about, you know, making more time in your creative business. Cause I know that's a struggle for a lot of people, myself included. Um, there's only one of me. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like I need to do all the things and that's not necessarily the truth, but at times it feels that way. So, Obviously, we are busy people. We don't just have a business. We, a lot of people have a family, you know, they have friends, they have other personal interests that they want to tend to versus just business stuff. So what are some tips that you kind of have for carving out time for our business and making sure that we can kind of balance that with our personal life and not just like letting our business completely take over our lives, basically? I know. And it's so hard when you are passionate about your business because you want to keep working, but it is important to kind of have those boundaries. And I also, I'm also going to say like my audience and maybe some of your audience also still have full-time jobs and are working for other people. So finding more time is even more important because it's kind of like you're working two jobs, right? Like your business and your day job and your family and your kids and all of these other things. So I really think it comes down to two different things. It comes down to really using tech and software to help you find that time, Mm -hmm. as well as creating systems and workflows for yourself. So whatever like softwares you want to use, that's totally a, a personal preference, but you can use tech in order to help you really carve out more time for your business. And what I mean by that is like really automating as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I know that you had an episode recently, Jenny, about you know your favorite tools and you mentioned Dubsado and I'm also a Dubsado user, but you can use tech 
and automate things so that you have more time to really be present in your business versus being in the weeds and doing maybe admin work or bookkeeping where you don't need to do that. So you can automate things like your bookkeeping, which is my favorite thing to automate because I'm not a numbers person. <laughs> you can automate all your clients' contracts and invoices being sent out through a CRM tool. Jenny and I both used Dubsado. Um, you can do canned email responses in Google. You can book everything or you can batch schedule everything in your email software provider so you're not scrambling on Monday like, oh man, what do I email my newsletter list? When you can probably have that planned out maybe a month at a time, a quarter at a time, your Instagram, your Pinterest, like all of these things. There are all these tools free and paid that will help you automate your business so that you can have more time. Imagine if you didn't have to, you know, sit for 20 minutes and plan an Instagram caption. Instead, you did all of that for the whole week. And now you have this time back to really work on your business. Yeah. Yeah. I think automation is really key, especially like when you're getting to that point where like, especially if you have like a lot of my audience is service-based business owners. Some people are product-based as well, but a lot of them are service-based. So they get to the point where they have so many clients that they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I like, I have to do all these things. And you know, setting up those systems can be tough at first because you a lot of the time like automation is great because it helps you and it saves you time and you know it sends out proposals and contracts and invoices and all that good stuff but you you have to set it up first it doesn't just like send out a you know a proposal for you that you haven't even created you know yeah <laughs> so it takes a little bit of setup at first but it's mm -hmm. so much better because you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single yes time. like you're just like all right i have this proposal it's applicable to everyone because it's one of my packages. Now, all I have to do is just say, turn on this workflow and Dipsado or whatever you're doing. So that instead of like having to manually do everything, it's doing it for you. Mm -hmm. But like I said, there's some setup involved. So if you're doing social media scheduling or something, obviously your social media scheduler is not a human and it's not going to create the happens for you, but it will help you get them out there. So you're not like, wait, it's 3 p.m. I need to go post this post on Instagram or whatever. Exactly. So, so using those tools that are a lot cheaper than outsourcing to an actual human and taking something like say batching and, you know, spending like a whole day writing your social media captions for the month for every single channel, doing things like that, that'll help you so much because you're only spending that one day of time. So even like even three to four hours you might need um, doing that. So it's not like, Oh my gosh, what do I have to post? What am I going to yeah. post today? And, and then you're set and you yeah, don't have to worry exactly. about it. Exactly. And I think that's like the hardest part, just sitting down and actually doing it or, you know, deciding what systems you want to use and what things you want to automate, just figuring that out. I think that's the hardest part because once you actually have it there, it just runs in the background for you and you don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. But just figuring out what you want to do, how you want to do it and, you know, what you actually need to put in there to make it do the thing it needs to do that's where like people get hung up, I think. I think that you can kind of, you can also think about setting up your, I don't know if we should say like internal systems or workflow, but in order to like feed these things, right? Like feed your Pinterest, feed your Instagram. My One of my favorite things to do is to kind of theme my days. Mm -hmm. 
there was a really loud car, I'm sorry. So one of my favorite things to do is to theme my days. So maybe on Sundays or Mondays, it's like strictly an admin day for me. And that is the day that I also, I sit down, I plan all of my, you know, Instagram captions for the week. And it might be also the time that I plan all my Pinterest pins. I actually only plan my Pinterest pins once a month. That's all I need for Pinterest, right? Uh, Instagram maybe a little bit more often, but I kind of sit down at the beginning of the month or the beginning of the week and just plan all of the things so that for the remaining days of the week, I can focus on other tasks at hand. I also found that when I was working full-time and I had my side business, which was really like another full-time job, it was helpful for me to have like theme days. If that, So admin, I might, I might give myself a complete day, day off from my business, but Tuesday would be admin day. Wednesday would be maybe creation day or fulfilling client orders or, or things like that. Thursday might be content creation day. And I also found that to be helpful for me because, you know, and there's so many studies that people can Google, but when you're switching back and forth with different type of tasks, you're not that productive or efficient. But if I could sit down on Thursday at like 8 a.m. at my dining room table and I'm not wondering what the heck to do and I know it's content creation day, I can just get to work on a blog or a YouTube or something. So that was really helpful for me too, to have all the tech kind of planned out, but also knowing my theme for the day. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. And that's something I sort of do myself. I mean, I typically take like Mondays and Fridays for like half admin, half content creation day. And then like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is where I focus on clients and, you know, having new client calls or having like podcast interviews and things like that. So anything that I actually need to like be presentable for and not be in my PJs for, I plan it for like that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday thing. Um, and it makes it easier on me because I know my Mondays and Fridays are going to be a little more low key because it's just stuff to do with myself and not crazy with clients. I mean, obviously as a social media manager, I do have to do a lot of client work on Monday and Tuesday, but I don't actually take client calls on those days. So it's a little lighter on that end. So people aren't expecting me to like show up on a call on those days. I like have those days kind of more to myself. And I think that's important too, um, to have time for yourself and to schedule that. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I didn't do anything business related on Mondays because I was so like just mentally beat from my day job mm-hmm. and then sh- struggling with that and trying to do something for my business. It ended up, you, you don't end up producing anything that's really well thought out or really like something you could share with the world. Right. So I realized that and gave myself grace, gave myself Mondays off from working on my business when I was balancing that with a full-time job. So it's also, it's going to be trial and error. I think, you know, setting up all of the, the tech stuff that is something you do need to dedicate time to, and then it pays off you know, eventually when you don't have to do things every day in there. But in terms of like setting your schedule, I think people also have to be really aware of when they're most productive, when they're most creative and don't try and force it. You know, you have the seven days. I still kind of work on Sunday nights. I still enjoy that. I love planning for the week ahead, even though I don't have to now and I'm full-time in my business. But it, it was really me thinking about when I was most productive and when I felt really energized and really excited about my business, still Sunday nights for me. And so I still roll with that. You have to be aware of when those things work for you. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, with people who may still have a day job, it's really important to really find those pockets of time. You don't get that much time when you do have a day job. 
especially if you have kids or other obligations. So you really need to just take those pockets of time and use them to your advantage. Um, Cause I find a lot of people spend those, that time, like either like consuming content mm-hmm. or like doing things like that. And then they just get more and more like set back because they're stuck in that content consumption, like overwhelm. Mm-hmm. They're like, wait, do I need to do this now? And it's just like, take a step back. Yes. Everything that you actually need to do and don't get like lost in with the squirrel brain and like, (laughs) just like do what you need to do, get that done. And you know, later on, if you have time, then revisit that idea that you got from the podcast or something like that, or someone else's blog or their YouTube channel or whatever that is. Because I think we get so sucked into those tasks that sound really cool, but they're not necessary at this point in time. And then it kind kind of sets us back, especially like if you have clients, I feel like you're like, Ooh, I'm like spending all this time doing stuff cause it's fun. And I want to like learn a new tool or something, but then you realize like, Oh, I didn't do this work for my client. And that's actually what gets me paid. Transitioning to a new fun tool isn't going to pay the bills, you know? So Totally. I think that's something people can also implement into their own like workflows, right? Maybe once a month, once a quarter, write down all the things you think you need to do and really think about, okay, if you're just starting your business and you heard that you need to run, um, I don't know, Facebook ads, do you really need to run Facebook ads when you don't have your contracts in place yet or your CRM tool is not you know, up and running? So that's something you can back burner. So one of my favorite things to do still is to every quarter just write down all the things I want to accomplish and really see if that's going to move the needle or is that something that's actually going to happen further down the line. And if that is the case, I just, I put it on the back burner. I don't worry about it. I don't worry about the in my example, the Facebook ads, if I've just started my business, you know, so try not to think 10 steps ahead and maybe max just one to two steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And then for me, you know, go plug that into ClickUp or Asana because I love my systems. Yeah, me too. I love that you mentioned ClickUp. I am a ClickUp user over here myself. Um, mm-hmm. recently converted from Asana. I still love me Asana. Too. Great, but um, I think the functionality of ClickUp is just a lot better for their free version. So that's kind of why I made the transition. But yeah, yeah. Um, you need, if you don't have a project management tool, you need that first off. Like, please get one. I don't care yes. if you don't think you need it. If you think pen and paper is enough, like, it's really not, especially if you have like a lot on your plate. Like, for example, if you like sell physical products, like you have to ship stuff, like there's a yes. lot going on. Same with clients. If you have client work, like, everything's going to be different and every client might be a little different and have different things that you need to remember. So just do yourself a favor and use a project management tool. It'll make your life so much easier, especially if you are not full-time in your business because you have a limited amount of time to do stuff. So it helps you kind of keep your blinders on and know what you need to get done today and not be like, Ooh, I really want to do X, Y, Z. If it's not on your task list, and you don't have time to do it, don't do it. <laughs> at least at this point, like, like you said, revisit it in the future if you have time, um, yeah. but it shouldn't be your priority at this exact moment. I completely agree with you. Um, if it doesn't fit into like this immediate quarter that you're in, you need to just leave it on the list and then only plug in the tasks that you really need to focus on in your project management tool for that quarter. And I love that you said, um, keep the blinders on. Cause that's something that I say all the time. I'm like, I'm like a racehorse. Like I just put the blinders on, like you can't listen to all of the noise and it's always great to, 
it's always great to like further your business education, you know, consumption and whatnot. But the key thing is to make sure you're taking action and you're taking action on things that really work for your business at the point that your business is in right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, about a year ago, I actually had to put myself on a course buying hiatus because I was just buying all the courses and I was like getting halfway through. And then I was like, no, nope, yeah. I don't have time to do this anymore. Like, it's great, but I don't have time. I'll come back to it later. And I just had like a bunch of half finished courses in my, you know, sitting there. And then yeah. I was like, no, you can't do this anymore. Like you're paying these like monthly payments or like you're paying like, you know, this big sum and you don't even finish these courses. Like I've gotten a lot better about it. I haven't bought, I bought, I bought about one course in the past year, which was good considering I was probably buying like at least one a month. Like, so yeah. Oh, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten <laughs> a lot better. Too. No, I mean, I was, at least I wasn't like going through them all and like, getting like crazy. Like, cause you know, some people will like go through like 12 courses and be like, oh my God, like so much information. And I can't, yeah. so I wasn't going through them, but I was paying for them and like, Mm-hmm. not utilizing them. So now I'm like, okay, you need to go through all the courses you have before trying to learn something new. So that is my new thing. I I love that. I think a lot of us in the online like space definitely have that virtual bookshelf that is collecting dust with full of course half finished courses. Uh, that's so funny. I'm the same way and in the last in the last year I've I just recently bought one course because it was niche enough and something that I really wanted to learn. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's funny too, but that's the thing. Like people can consume a lot of information and then it's paralysis. What do I do next? I have all this knowledge. And so that's really a time for you to pen to paper, write down every single thing you think you need to do and then really evaluate if you need to do it. And then again, go plug it in and click up or sauna. <laughs> I mean, it's, and it's one of those things I see so often. I have a Facebook group of my own and there's this lady, like every six months she'll pop in there with like a new business idea. And then like, she'll only give it like a week or two, maybe a month max. And then I guess it doesn't work out. So she leaves my group and then another six months come by and she pops back in with a new idea. And I'm just like, what, what is happening? Like, you don't ever give it enough time to work. And I've talked mm-hmm. to her on the phone and tried to help her. Cause I know like, you know, people need help and you know it's just like one of those things I'm like she won't even give enough time to work or like she asks for all this advice and listens to all these different people and then gets overwhelmed and then like does the whole cycle all over again so it's like one of those things it's just you can't be consuming so much content that I think that's like the main takeaway today because <laughs> it really can make you less effective and less like you feel like you're less of an expert because you have listened to all this conflicting information. You're like, wait, what is actually true? What should I, should I do evergreen webinars or should I just, you know, live launch all the time or whatever the case may be. There's just like a huge debate on all these things and people don't know what they should listen to and then they let it consume them and then they just never do it. So it's just like one of those things. So kind of diving into that, um, I know there's so many things that we think we need to do in our business, but what are some of the tasks that we can kind of maybe eliminate from our plate to make more time for those things that are actually going to move the needle and, you know, produce income in our business. Totally. So think about those admin tasks that you don't really enjoy doing, or most people don't really enjoy doing. A lot of the times you you can automate that Um, again with a little bit of setup, but it's not hard. It's not scary. And all of these softwares, there's free versions, there's paid versions, regardless, they all have great like knowledge bases and, you know, trainings for you. But I would really off the bat um, 
start with accounting, start with your bookkeeping. You don't need to hire a bookkeeper. You can use a free app. I used to use when I first started my business, an app called wave, like the ocean. And then I moved over to a paid QuickBooks. I mean, I still work with a CPA at tax time, but I'm, I have it set up that I don't even have to pay for a bookkeeper. I have QuickBooks do it for like 17 bucks a month versus hiring a bookkeeper. So that's the first thing. And even if you think that you're just starting or I don't have consistent revenue, still have that automated um, and set that up set that up now because at the point where you do have consistent revenue, you're having maybe multiple transactions a week, a day, a month, that's when it starts to get crazy. So you're going to be glad that your system is already in place. Plus you're going to save so much time because it is happening on the back end. You don't have to go in and categorize things or input things whenever you, you, you are using a software. So I would definitely start there. Um, another of my favorite things is to actually use an app called Tailwind. I'm sure you use Tailwind for Pinterest ads or Pinterest ads for Pinterest pins. So plug it all in, upload all of your images, make sure your copy and your click clickouts, your CTAs and whatnot, your URLs are set. But then, like I mentioned earlier, I plan my Pinterest like a month, maybe six weeks at a time, which is so much more efficient because it's like set it and forget it versus me remembering, oh, I have to have Pinterest pins so that I go down this deep Pinterest hole for like an hour and a half pinning pins. Imagine what you could do with an hour and a half in your business if you weren't just sitting there like pinning pins. You can use something like Tailwind and it just schedules all of these pins out for you. Yes, you have to, you know, create those images. I do that in Canva, but then you're set for even months if you wanted to. Again, I do it maybe every six weeks. So I would start with, yeah, counting for sure. And Pinterest, those are big time sucks, but you can automate that. And then if you are service-based, I would really look into a CRM tool. I know some popular ones are HoneyBook or Dubsado, and it's just a, a preference really. But imagine just outsource, it's kind of like you're outsourcing all of the things that you would need to spend time in your inbox. So what I mean by that, is that you will send out contracts, you'll send out invoices, all of that stuff kind of happens for you. Proposals, like Jenny said earlier, that can all happen automatically in a CRM tool. So it's going to save you so much time because you're not in your email back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth. And again, imagine how much time you can work on your business if you're not in the weeds trying to like figure out, okay, did I send a contract? Or am I waiting for their signature? Like, where am I? That is all going to waste time when it can just be automated. So I think those are a few of my favorite things. And I did want to mention something about like software. So, you know, Jenny and I said we both use ClickUp. We're both like Asana, you know, Asana to ClickUp girls. Don't waste time figuring out what the best tool is for you. Spend a day testing, I don't know, Trello, ClickUp, Asana, and then just pick one because that action of like, oh, but I have to test all the software, make sure it's right for me right now. Just pick one or you're just wasting more time. Totally, totally. And then when you hear someone mention like a cooler tool, so in the example of project management tools, like we, I did recently just move to ClickUp, but it made a lot of sense for my business as I'm going into more of an agency style and I need multiple assignees and Asana doesn't offer that and all these different things. But you know, if it doesn't make sense for you or you don't really need to move, like if your tool is working, 
Yes. Like if it isn't broke, don't, you don't need to fix it. Like that's just something I always go by. And I would, I wouldn't have moved to a sauna. If, I mean, from a sauna, if I didn't feel like it was like going to benefit me later down the line, because I didn't want to move when I had all these like subcontractors on my team. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, Hey guys, here's a new software to learn. Totally. <laughs> I wanted to learn it first. And then now I can make training videos. Like here's how this here's how this works so that I you know, can show them instead of like moving over and me learning and them learning at the same time. Cause that's just frustrating. And I've been a subcontractor for people on their team and they moved to new project management tools and they didn't even know how to use it. So it was just not a good time. So I was like, I don't want this for my people. So I'm going to move now, but that's just another tangent for another day. Well, it's, it's kind of like FOMO and, and putting the blinders on, right? You have to put the blinders on. Like you mentioned earlier, Jenny, you can't just jump from this to that because at the end of the day, you're just wasting time. And really like, why are you doing that? Why aren't you instead working on your business? Totally. Totally. I think that's really important. Awesome. So now let's dive into the three questions I ask everyone that comes on the show. So first up, what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? Being an entrepreneur or a creativepreneur, something that I say for creative business owners. Well, my favorite part of it is really freedom. And for me, that means owning my time. If I find that I am not productive until 11 a.m. and I need the mornings for myself, I can do that as long as, you know, I'm still working with clients and, and answering the clients and whatnot. So freedom is a big thing for me. And that's my favorite part. I get to be a work from home dog mom. Um, I'm, I think the pups are happy about that one naps all day and then the other one needs attention. So I'm sure the one that I had the blog with pancake. So I'm sure he's glad that I am a work from home dog mom, but that's definitely my favorite part. But being an entrepreneur just means for me getting to be paid to do something that I love. And I realize how lucky I am because when I was at my nine to five, I was being paid, but it was not something that I loved. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I love that you mentioned your dog too, because I, I'm also a work from home dog mom. As we, as I talk right now, my dog literally is resting his head in my lap because he is never lived without me being home because I literally got him like the last day of my, um, full-time job or I got him the day before that. So he was literally at home for like probably eight hours by himself at a time. <laughs> and ever since then, I've, for the past three years, I've been home with him. So I don't think he would know what to do if I ever had to go back to like a day job. He would be like, what is this? I'm stuck in a cage for eight hours a day. You've abandoned me. <laughs> I mean, now he wouldn't be in a kennel, but, um, because he's probably trained and stuff. But yeah. So I hear you. He'd be like, mom, where'd you go? Like, you're always here with me. You only leave me for like an hour or two at a time. What is this? Oh my gosh, Jenny, I had to set up. So I made my dog a Skype account <laughs> with like our extra laptop so that, so it always answered whenever someone called, but I was the only contact, right? So I would be at work and I would video chat my dog just to see what he was doing and I, I know you can do there's like dog cams now where you can yeah. get like a nest or something but yeah. I was like what I'm just gonna make him a Skype account mm -hmm. so and it was like the free way to do that so if any of you want to keep tabs on your dog you can just make them a Skype account and like face that monitor to them you could check in on them all day hilarious. I love it's that. like the free way to do that <laughs> but I had to do that when I was working at my day job right now I don't have to yeah, it's just nice. I mean, in, in the future, when I do have kids and stuff, it'll be nice too, because I'll be there with them. I mean, exactly. I'm probably going to have them go to like daycare once or twice a week, but having the option to keep that home all the time 
is great too. I, I feel the same way. And that's another exciting thing about entrepreneurship. And for me, like I don't have human children yet, just the fur ones. Yeah. Um, but that's something important to me down the line as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now I'm going to ask probably my favorite question that I ask people. Um, but this is, what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? I know you've kind of mentioned a lot of tools, but you, can you pinpoint like a favorite or maybe one that you really enjoy that you haven't mentioned yet? My favorite, I don't think it will be a surprise, is going to be ClickUp. Yeah. Without ClickUp. Ooh, okay, two. ClickUp and Airtable. Airtable. Oh, Airtable too. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's new for me in my business right now. So ClickUp, I would not be able to function. I would not know what to do today if I did not already have it pre-planned in ClickUp. Mm -hmm. And um, Airtable is just kind of like Google Sheets on steroids. And oh I my god, I literally was just thinking that exact statement. So I love like, it so much. Airway, uh, over here. Oh like, my gosh. I use it for, I, I found, I don't know if this is something you found, Jenny, but for ClickUp, I love it, but I just could not wrap my head around it for a content calendar. Oh, no. Content no. Planning. And you so I moved to Airtable. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I use it for. Yeah. Um, and I also have like for stats tracking and stuff. So it's all yes. spot and I can look like, okay, here's what I've done through January through May already or whatever. So exactly. um, I love Airtable. How, how did you learn how to use it? I actually, I had a I bought a course. <laughs> from Lainey? Yeah. Oh, I love Lainey. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was so helpful. And she has like the templates. I right. like message her like, I'm so excited about this. Right? I literally downloaded all the templates. and I was like, Oh my God, need to use immediately. It was so funny. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious though. I, as soon as you said you, yeah, you bought a course. I was like, yeah, lady, like she's not, she's so niche. Like she's the only person that I've seen with a course on that. So with Airtable, it's amazing. Her <laughs> course is amazing. Airtable is amazing. I was really intimidated by it before. And then I bought Lainey's course right? and Same. it was now I use it all the time. Yep. That's hilarious. I love Shout that. out Lainey. <laughs> right? Cool. Well, lastly, who is your go-to business resource? Is there anyone in like, oh, man. um, this in your space or just in the entrepreneur space in general that you just feel like really puts out really great content and you're really feeling inspired by whatever they have to say? I know we talked about not over consuming, but I think it's important to still follow some people out there. So you're kind of kept in the know a little bit. Totally. So I'm really big on seeking business coaching and not just because I'm a business coach for creatives myself, but my very first investment in my business when I was still working at my day job was a business coach. And I didn't even know that was a thing. And I'm like, here, take all my thousands of dollars. But six months later, I quit my job. So I was like a true believer. So I kind of always am part of a group coaching program or maybe one-on-one -on -one mentorship. And right now my go-tos, I, I will do whatever they tell me to do, basically. And they know this, are um, Caitlin Batcher. Okay. Um, she helps me with, or like I'm in her program and it really helps me with um, like some of my course things. And then I also love Erin May Henry of the Game Changer Collective. She's a sassy Aussie who who is a little bit woo and a lot of strategy. And that is just where I'm at in my life and business right now. And basically, whatever Erin tells me to do, I will do. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think we all kind of have like one or two people that are like, okay, this person is like who I always like listen to because they mm -hmm. have such good things to offer. Awesome. Well, just tell us where we can find you online. So your website, your um, social media channels, all that good stuff. 
Sure. So I am at moderncreativepursuits.com and you can find all my information there about any courses or, or whatnot. You can also link out to the Instagram and YouTube and the podcast. I have a podcast, so that is all available on my website. And for Instagram, I'm just at Joyce Christine. I went from Write Pretty Things, which was like my calligraphy account, to more of my own brand when I was transitioned to Modern Creative Pursuits. And so that's where I'm at on Instagram. Awesome. I'll link everything in the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much for being here with me today. Cool. Thanks, Jenny. It was, re- it was so fun to talk to a fellow ClickUp and Airtable nerd. So excited. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode 110. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Babes community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.